Well, hello, runners. Welcome to the I Run Things podcast, the podcast for the everyday runner in search for that extra bit of motivation to get out there. My name is Susie, and I am your host. Today, I bring you James Kilbury, better known as Recreational Runner. James has seven years of running under his belt and is a leader in running fitness qualification. He is a great advocate of this sport to those who want to start running and do so safely and without injuries. For more inspiration and interviews with other running personalities like James, don't forget to visit our other social media platforms. The links will be in the show notes. Without further ado, let's listen to James' interview. Hi, James. It's great to have you on my channel. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you very much for having me on your channel. It's, a, it's an honor. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I was, I, I'm thrilled to have you here because I think you bring something different to the running community. I think your videos are um, very down to earth. And I actually am going to dig into that a little bit later. But I think you have a very specific approach to the advice you give to runners. Thank you. So why don't you introduce yourself um, for you know those of my viewers who may not be familiar with you as recreational runner? Yeah, sure. So clearly I'm from the UK. For most of your audience, you'll probably recognize the strange accent. Um, <laughs> my, my name's James. Um, I'm known on YouTube and Instagram as Recreational Runner. Um, I just plucked that name out, out of the air, really, just because I thought I'm, I'm an everyday runner and there's lots of people that talk about everyday runners. So I just I went with Recreational Runner. Um, not a lot of thought went into it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I started my YouTube channel seven years ago when I was running um, a laser tag business, doing kids parties in the woods with laser guns and stuff. That's Um, really cool. Yeah, and I only uploaded three or four videos, I think. Um, And it wasn't until about a year ago um, that I started to look at myself from a running point of view because I've been running for, I'm in my eighth year of serious club running, running with a club. Um, Before that, not athletic at all. Um, I was one of the, the chubbier kids, if you like, at school. I wasn't really very athletic. I played cricket. That was as exciting as my sporting endeavours got at school, um, which is a lot of standing around waiting for the ball to come towards you. So I wasn't that fit at all. Um, but yeah, so after running with the running club for about five years, I started to pick up a few injuries. Um, so I, I met a coach and we started talking about the pose technique. So when I first really started using my YouTube channel for running, it was just to document myself going through this new way of training, basically. So that's a big I, intro, okay. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I would love to hear more about that training, actually, because I, I'm not familiar with it. So w- what is it about? What is it different about that kind of training? Yeah, so it's, it's about your running technique in terms of... Um, basically the, the way you bring your leg up and it's more about pulling uh, the leg up towards your bum, pulling your heel up rather than thrusting your knee forward and your leg forward. So it's a whole new way of thinking about it. And it's using um, the kind of gravity effect. So you, you kind of have that lean and the gravity propels you forwards as long as you're pulling with your leg. Right. So it's, it's 
about training your glutes and your hamstrings in a different way to what a lot of us recreational runners probably do. Now, I'll be honest, you mentioned that I'm very down to earth with my uh, channel and that's because it's just me and what I'm doing. I'm not trying to make things up or uh, glorify anything. I didn't actually complete the POSE program. It's meant to be a 45 day uh, program where you, you kind of do these drills every day and it's to change the neural pathways so your muscles start acting in this new way of running. I think I right. got to day 28 um, and I wasn't able to continue. We were in the process of um, moving house actually and also there was a, a personal thing that happened for my girlfriend that I haven't talked about on YouTube at all or anything like that um, which meant she didn't want me out running as much anymore right. or I needed to be at home a bit more. So I actually stopped and I'm quite honest, I stopped. Um, and then it was about, I don't know, 10 months later, maybe not quite 10 months later that I came back into running and I came back into running at lunch times in my lunch break at work because my girlfriend was then pregnant and she needed my support at home. I'm not a morning person. I'm not one of these people that can get up before work and go for a run. I've never been able to do that. I occasionally do it, but I can't do it regularly. Um, so we agreed that I'd go running at lunchtime. And that's when I started thinking about, okay, low heart rate and just going out for a 5K, a 30-minute type run. Will that affect me as a runner? Will it be enough for me to train? So I just started vlogging that really. And that's kind of evolved over the last kind of 10 months. Right, right. So, um, I always, you know, I'm always interested in learning more about why people started running. Is there any yeah. event that triggered you starting running or did you just, I don't know, some people just join a club and I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I'm, running happens to us in different ways. It's not. Yeah, no, it, that's a, that is a really good question. I was actually reflecting on it earlier. Um, today because I knew this interview was coming up anyway, but there's, there's kind of two trigger points that happened to me, two motivations that happened to me. The first thing that got me into running particularly was a colleague at work who uh, suffered with throat cancer and she ha actually had really, really serious operation and she still um, basically got a lowered immune system because of it. And she was out of work for about a year and a half and she was a runner and she was really, really into her running. Um, and she lived in a place called Watford and there's a big park in Watford called Moore Park um, and they do a 10k event every year and our work a few people at work decided to do um, a charity run for her to raise money for the um, I forget the name of the, ca the cancer place that looked after her now but it was a particular cancer um, charity so I was kind of yeah I, I used to work with her so I wanted to be involved in that I'd never really run so I just started going out uh, doing my own thing, not no structured plan. I just started going out two or three times a week, have, not having a clue what I was doing. Um, and it came to the day of the 10K, I was reasonably okay. I just dipped in under an hour. So I was, that was just great for a first 10K. I know, I said, a lot of people said that. <laughs> it didn't feel great. I, I think I had to uh, go and have a lie down for the rest of the day. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was about 57 minutes, I think. I remember coming around the last bend and there was a huge field and you came into the field in one corner and you could see the finish, but you had to run all the way around the opposite direction. And I was just like, oh, like struggling along. And one <laughs> of my colleagues who'd finished in, I don't know, 38 minutes or something crazy was like, go, go, go. You're going to get under one hour. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just kind of, well, it was 57 minutes. So it was about three minutes under one hour. In the end. Oh, Probably that's awesome. Here, 
yeah, it was it was great. So that was the first thing, uh, and I kind of didn't keep it up because the actual experience of the race itself um, wasn't that exciting for me at the time. Um, but then the second thing really was, I've, I think I've done a video about it on my channel actually. It's more of a link it below if you have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a personal motiva motivation thing, and it, it was my parents, and it it's it sounds negative, but it, it's been a positive influence on my life. And both my parents essentially were not very healthy people. I lost them both, unfortunately. My mum was sixty nine six years ago. She I'm passed sorry. away. No, that's okay. Um, and my dad passed away last August. Um, but before that, before we got to that point, I was always one of those sons that irritated the hell out of them, saying, "You shouldn't be eating this. You shouldn't be doing that." And they were like, we're our own people. We just want to enjoy our life. But I was in the pro I had a child myself and I was in the process of having another child as well. Um, and I just thought, I don't want to be the same as my parents were with me, where they weren't particularly active. Um, I'm not, nothing negative about my parents at all. They were fantastic parents, absolutely brilliant parents. Um, but they just motivated me in that way of wanting to, to get fit, really, and stay fit for my children so I could be active with them and and all of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was my kind of, in the back of my mind. And so after that 10K, I did then say, right, I've got to get back out eventually. And that, the thing that did it for me is I joined a running club. And I think if I hadn't joined a running club, I quit very easily. That's my down to earth kind of honest approach. I need that extra motivation from other people. So yeah. Sorry, that was a really long <laughs> No, I mean, it was it was a good explanation. I'll link the video below, you know, the, the video in which you talk sure. on your channel. Yeah. Um, so one thing when I was watching videos on your channel, um, it's always mind blowing to me, people who have little kids and are able to still have a full time job, have a YouTube channel and then run. <laughs> like, yeah. So how do you how do you make it happen? How do you balance everything? Uh, with lots of begging and groveling to my girlfriend and okay. <laughs> trying to help out. It's difficult. It, it, literally what I just said, it's been lunch times during the working day was, was my time to run. Um, the sad thing was it's really only 30 minutes because obviously you need to shower, uh, get changed right. and then do the run and then shower, then get back to, back to your desk and grab something to eat as well. Um, so it wasn't really enough. I needed to, I needed to start doing more long runs. But obviously since we've gone into lockdown, the, the situation we're all in now, um, we've all been at home. My girlfriend works full time. I work full time. We both work in the IT industry. Um, so both of our both the companies we work for are super busy because obviously everybody is now trying to do the whole business continuity thing. And give right, I hear you because I'm in IT too. I thought you were. I, I noticed that. Yeah, I, this is so funny. My, uh, you joined my Facebook page earlier, didn't you? And I saw your job title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you noticed. Yeah, there's yeah. so many people who run have a YouTube channel, are, are in IT, it's just like insane. I think that's, I think for me as well, that's the geeky thing. I loved cameras and gadgets and I'm in marketing. I, I do marketing for um, the company I work for and video became such a prevalent thing in, right. in marketing. And I started getting into video at work and then it was like, what can I, what can I video? And the only thing I was really doing was, was running. So the kind of two things came together. But yeah, I guess, um, it's difficult because we've been in lockdown. We've got a 16 month old baby. So you can't just say, go and do some schoolwork or watch TV. She's constant attention apart from when she naps in the afternoon. So we're basically doing shift work. We're doing two hours work and then two hours looking after the child and taking it in turns. Um, but work, as you probably know, in IT is super busy. 
so it's really just about that once I get to bed in the evening because my girlfriend's still working I do the the kind of end of day shift with the with the baby once I get to bed I literally just get changed and go out before my girlfriend stops working and realizes what I've done (laughs) (laughs) that's the way it's working at the moment (laughs) so um where would you like to take your YouTube channel have you thought to that I don't really know. I guess, like I said, it was just um, my own personal vlog to begin with. And I think when I started blogging the lunchtime running about 10 months ago, I had about 40 subscribers. And most of those were people I know from the running club that were just trying to support You you start small. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last kind of six months or so, when it went over 100, I think that's when I kind of went, oh, hang on, people are actually interested in what I'm doing and then you start getting a few comments um, and I've been getting more comments recently um, and that's when you think oh okay yeah maybe there is something in it um, more than just my own personal record people are interested and I'm also um, in the UK I don't know if you have it in America but one of the entry-level coaching um, badges is leader in running fitness so that's what I always say at the start of, of my videos I'm a qualified leader in running fitness um, which means for the running club I used to take groups out 30 people 40 people at a time and take them through runs anything from intervals to steady five miles um, sometimes speed development sessions as well and I really 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 enjoyed that kind of coaching level even though it's basic I I couldn't give you a a full plan as an individual it's more of a generic how to walk up how to go through the session safely and then how to stretch at the end but doing that people ask you questions and you give them answers and they appreciate it and you get that kind of nice feeling that you're helping someone even if it's just one person so when that started to happen on the youtube channel as well i guess i just want to continue doing that really at the moment and see where it goes right so one of the things that really um i really enjoy about your channel is your new runners series yeah (laughs) because you have a lot of episodes and you're covering a lot of um subjects that I think new as a new runner you know you may have questions about so what would be your recommendation for people who want to get into running watch my videos your top (laughs) I don't know top three recommendations you give a lot in your channel I mean anybody plug shameless plug right here yeah that's what I just run here and they're watching this head over to his channel because he's got information Uh, but someone who I don't know wants to start running and doesn't know where to start what to buy like yeah i think yeah looking back to when i when i did the 10k i had no idea um and you just i just ran in whatever trainers i had i think the most important thing having had lots of injuries myself uh, the most important thing really is to spend a bit of money on your footwear and that's a a video i did fairly recently to make sure you, you get the right shoes for you and that might, you may not even, people talk about gait analysis. And I think as a new runner, I remember someone saying that to me. And I was like, that just sounds difficult. It sounds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like a weird science thing that I don't really need to worry about. I've got comfy trainers. But it is super important. And it's a super quick and easy thing to do. Um, you go in, it, As long as you go into a, a decent running store, um, they should give you really good advice. Some of them in the UK charge 10 or 15 pounds to have your gait analysis done. But then if you buy shoes from them, that's taken off the bill often though the thing i do i would say to people is those kind of specialist um, shops that have the treadmill and do the gait analysis they don't always have a massive range of shoes 
and they want to sell you the shoes they've got because they've given you data analysis. So sometimes I did it the first time I I went in is I paid the £15, I tried on what they had, I wasn't sure, so I went elsewhere with the knowledge that I've spent £15 for some valuable information and then tried on more shoes somewhere else until I found the pair that felt the best, basically. it's For me, get the gait analysis done and then try on as many different shoes as you can. And when you put on the pair of shoes that are right, you know they're right. You just know. Yeah, they just feel like they are, I don't know, it's a weird feeling because they, they feel like slippers. They yeah. Feel like yeah, that's, that's you feel like part of your foot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then other than shoes, everything else is, is just take it easy, ease into it. I mean, that's what my whole series is about, really. My own personal training, having been injured lots. Um, do, do you have the couch to 5K in the States? Is that a big buzzword? We do, yes. There's an app. Yeah, yeah many so people it, follow it. Yeah. And I know lots of people that um, do the couch to 5K as an entry into running, especially in the UK, because it was supported by the NHS here in the UK. Um, so it was a, a big thing about five, six years ago to get, get Britain healthy and everything. But it doesn't, as far as I can tell from all the people I've spoken to, it encourages interval training. So it's run for a bit, walk for a bit, run for a bit, walk for a bit. And what I've heard from a lot of people is the running bit, they've got no idea how fast and people just run hard and then they walk and then they run hard again. And then two, three days into it, they're like, I don't like this. Or they start right. to get um, so my, I, my advice there would be just go out for 30 minutes and just take it easy. As long as you can breathe nicely, whether that's fast walking and then you do a bit of jogging and then you have to relax again, just ease into it and then just take your time. And then there's loads of my videos, your videos, other people's videos they can watch to, to start progressing from there. Right. So I don't know if you've, have you run like long distance? What's, what's your sweet spot for distance? My sweet spot's half marathon. Um, oh, very good. You're one of <laughs> Yeah. They're all half marathons, apart from one. I, I did the London Marathon um, in 2018. Good for you. That's but, awesome. Uh, I hated it. <laughs> oh, how come? But yeah, that's, my, that's the furthest. Um, it was the hottest London Marathon on record, so that's my excuse. Oh. It was, I think it was 27 degrees Celsius at street level. Oh. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Apologies, we don't work in Fahrenheit here. It's probably 80, 82, 83. I'll yeah, very high. I'm, I'm just not good in the heat at all. And I, I made the schoolboy error, as always, going out too fast, not accounting for the heat. And then I started to get uh, dehydrate, so I started drinking too much. I ended up drinking way too much at every checkpoint. But I got to the point where I couldn't drink anymore. I felt physically sick. Um, and I just ended up bumping into another club runner who was also struggling. And then we started walking together and once we started walking it was really hard to get going again yeah so yeah it was a we did we did keep going we would jog for a bit walk through it um but yeah it was it was not a nice experience the last 10 miles i i didn't do well at all <laughs> i i i agree i think the marathons are very hard the first marathon is always i don't I, as a matter of fact i don't think i know anybody who actually enjoyed the, their first marathon yeah that's true <laughs> which, which one did you I do? Hit the wall. My first marathon was Marine Corps Marathon, which is you run with the Marines. Um, it's in oh, cool. DC, so it's very iconic. Um, and they say it's a really good first marathon. Um, I disagree about that, though. <laughs> I think, first of all, there's hills. So 
the marathon is hard in and of itself. So yeah. Who knows? Then, and second of all, it's um, you never know what weather you're gonna get. So sometimes some years it's like rainy and cold. It's you know like maybe five degrees. The year I ran it, we hit thirty-four degrees Celsius. Like, wow. And so much so they ran out of water in the last tables. Wow, that's hot. Have any water? And the the people in Washington D.C. they were coming out. The neighbors, because it's it's sort of like New York City. There's a lot of people outside. Yeah. They were giving water, and I was drinking water from like total strangers. I <laughs> yeah. they were giving me like I remember <laughs> grabbing something and looking at the color and thinking this doesn't seem like water. <laughs> I was so thirsty, and I just chug it and it was beer so <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah but that got me through the finish line so that was right at the oh, brilliant <laughs> yeah. that's an experience that's hot i would have really struggled at oh. 34 yeah wow. it was yeah and it started cold and it was probably like 12 or 13 degrees so the temperature went up really quickly it is it's i mean it's a great marathon um it's just it, i was not prepared mm. um, I was, I, I, th I think marathons are hard in general. Yeah, definitely. A race that you can just say, I'm going to run it without training. I mean, I had been running a year. I don't think a year is enough for anybody to, to run. Yeah. I think you need a little bit more time. Yeah. A lot of people I know that have run a lot of marathons. They say it takes four or five before you really start to understand. If, if you're trying to do a time, if you're trying to, to get a, a better time each time, before you really then understand how to run a marathon. So they said the first one, two, three, they're all just part of the learning process. Right. And then you start to get it. So, but I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to get to two and three or four marathons. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm happy with I, half marathons. <laughs> I ran Marine Corps and then I was like, hey, I want to do another one. Like, <laughs> I felt so miserable. <laughs> I was like, this can't be the experience because people keep running these things. So there's going to yeah. be. <laughs> so then I ran Philadelphia and then oh, nice. a lot better. Philadelphia to me was like, I, it was a breeze. It was such a, in a year, it was such a, I was a different runner too. I was much wow. stronger, much fitter. It was just different. So oh, that's great. can't wait to run another one. So have you got one planned? Oh, obviously with lockdown, lots of no, plans have gone out the window. But I am running for sure in New York city next year because I, did the program within a year? Uh, you were doing the nine plus one, weren't you? The nine plus one, yes. So yeah. I already have because of lockdown. They canceled all the races, but they gave us the credit. So I already have. Oh, cool. Yeah. Even though I haven't run them, which my, obviously you would rather run them than just them yeah. give you the credit. I wanted to, you know, get my medal and everything. So. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So um, what is your bucket race? What do you have that you would like to really run? It was the London Marathon. Um, so and now since, you're done. <laughs> yeah, no, you're since I, that's, a, that's a difficult question because I don't really have a race that I really, really want to run. What I think uh, my focus is now really, I don't know if I can do it, but I set my personal best on the half marathon back in 2016. Um, so I'm a lot older, I'm a lot heavier, um, but I really want to have another crack at just doing a nice half marathon and getting a pb again um 
but I haven't got a, a particular one to do in mind. Actually, having said that, you, you mentioned New York and I was in New York with my girlfriend years ago and it, I'd only just really been getting into running actually. And I remember the, the marathon was on when we were there for the weekend and we saw it and it looks amazing. And we saw lots of people with their medals on in the city afterwards and everything as well. So yeah, maybe New York half, half marathon though, not marathon would be the one. half is in March. Yeah. That's when my birthday is as well. So that could be a bucket list. So that could, yeah, you actually yeah. run it for your birthday. <laughs> you make yeah. a trip and everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the reason why the runners wear their medals the following day after the marathon is because they get a discount in stores and restaurants. Their so. medal, I think it's a 15% discount. Like more oh, right. stores credit you for that. So, so everybody goes out with, with the medals. I would like to talk about shoes because we all you know runners we love our shoes and we talked about shoes before but what what shoes are you currently running in so another great question because for five years of my eight years running i was one of those people that just bought one pair of shoes ran in them until the tread went and then bought another pair of shoes then i started getting injured and one of the conversations i had with a coach that he's in his 60s now he's an amazing athlete he runs super fast still in his 60s been coaching pretty much his whole adult life he said to me you need to have a shoe rotation you shouldn't just run in one pair of shoes you should have race day shoes you should have if you're a stability runner but have some stability shoes but also have some neutral as well and I was like what what are you talking about I can't afford five six seven eight pairs of right. shoes but he just talked about if you run in the same shoe all the time and especially a lot of us that run on roads or tow paths and that kind of thing you're running in the same shoe on the same surfaces over and over and over your body starts to build up stress points um right. and if you just by changing your shoes having a slightly different tread pattern or different density of foam will mean you alleviate those stress points a bit so right now i have two three pairs of stability shoes i've got a pair of brooks gts that have done about 250 miles they're close to being retired um i've got a pair of hoka one one i think they're <laughs> Arahi 2 and I think they're quite old but they've done about 120 miles and I've got a pair of Saucony do you say Saucony? Saucony? I always say Saucony but Saucony. that's Saucony. the right yeah, <laughs> I don't know don't ask me I have no idea I have no idea <laughs> I have a pair, of, a pair of those as well and then I have two pair of Mizunu uh, neutral shoes which are a bit lighter so I tend to use those for if I'm doing a 5k time trial or a one mile trial on the speed work. I did some speed work yesterday, 200 meter reps. So I alternate those for the kind of interval session stuff and the stability for my easy pace stuff. And I've got some trail shoes as well. Some innovate trail shoes when I do cross country. So you also do cross country. Yeah. One of the great things about the running club I'm a member of is there we're in two leagues, um, local leagues where you compete against other running clubs. Um, so there's a cross country league over our winter season and there's um, a 10k league during the summer season uh, but we've missed all of those obviously this year okay. yeah but yeah how about you what, what trainers do you run in so um well right now i have um i'm trying to think i have the brooks launch which i i really use them for the treadmill because they have a little bit more um stability on them like if they feel cushiony than my other shoes and then i have the brooks hyperion the boston eight 
and the Adios 4. So I have two Adidas, one pair of Brooks, and one, no, two pairs of Brooks. Yeah. Cool. I like the Adidas more than the Brooks right now. I mean, I, I found my sweet spot with the launch and I love them for a very long time. So I even repurchased. I think I had three pairs. Like I keep, I kept buying them, but then you get tired of the, um, this is like when you buy a car, you know, you love your car to yeah. stop loving it. And then when you buy a new one, it has to be a different model. Yeah. You want to feel something different. You don't want to be different. Definitely. You don't want to feel like you're driving the exact same car. Yeah. Um, so I needed to change. So then now I have the, I, my, I think the ones that I really like are the Adios, Adios 4. Those are the ones that have the record for the, um, before Kipchoge, Oh, the, Ber uh, the Berlin Marathon. Yeah. yeah. Before Berlin, he ran on the Boston uh, 3, I think, or Boston 2. So. Uh, okay. Tell us for, um, you know, my people who are following, um, who follow my channel and who are watching this video, tell us where we can find you, all the different social media handles that you have. So they can, I'll, I'll link them below, but. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't. I don't do Twitter, which I don't, a lot of people do Twitter, but I don't do it. I, I know. <laughs> I was just like, I can't keep up. There's <laughs> with, too much going on. I mean, yeah, the, with, the world is happening on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with a family and work and everything we said before. So I'm on Instagram, but I, again, I don't do a lot on Instagram, but I'm on there as recreational runner underscore UK because someone mm -hmm. in America has recreational runner on Instagram. Um, I'm, um, YouTube, I'm recreational runner and on facebook we actually have um, a facebook group for runners from all over the world any ability to come and join and it's just a place like a virtual running club really for motivation tips tricks and all that kind of stuff and that's recreational runners the plural version so yeah that's that's my main three places really yep and i'll link everything below so that people can go find you i just joined your facebook group I yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I approved you. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, introduce myself in there as well. So, no, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for, you know, accepting my invite and coming over, um, taking this interview here on my channel. Um, no, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's, it was great to chat with you. I'm sure I'll see you in the cyberspace and hopefully we get to, you know, London is one of the marathons that I would love to run. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Come over. We're not too far from London, so we can help you out if you need to come over and stay. If I make it to the UK whatever. at some point, <laughs> not yeah. going anywhere, but. Yeah, exactly. No one knows. <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> Once I, when I make it to the UK again, I'll make sure to let you know in advance. Brilliant. That'd be great. Thank you. Thanks so much, Thank James. You. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this interview with James. The links to all his social media platforms will be in the show notes. And please don't forget to visit the Iron Things community on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please come back to listen to more episodes. And as always, run fearless, you guys. Ciao.